0: On the TED Radio Hour, in the middle school cafeteria, Ty Tashiro always sat with his equally nerdy buddies.
1: The socially awkward kids who were the furthest thing from cool.
0: And he often wondered,
1: Why am I so socially awkward, and what am I going to do about that?
0: Now Ty is a psychologist and expert on awkwardness, and he has some answers. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.
2: Hey everybody, it's Jonathan Colton with Ask Me Another. I'm going to call my good friend Ophira Eisenberg
3: on the telephone, the computer telephone. Here we go. Jonathan Colton. Hi, Afira. Hey, look at you. Different background, different room, fresh room.
2: Right? It fresh looks
3: brand new.
2: It's a brand new room. I've actually moved uh, offices. Oh. I spent the week uh, moving furniture and, and painting and uh, and cursing. I was, like, <laughs> As you made mistakes while painting and <laughs> moving furniture.
3: But let's just first just talk about the fact that you chose I love an accent wall. It's Me a too. bold color. Mm-hmm. It is a. I'm going to say forest green.
2: It is a dark color. I usually shy away from dark colors. My go-to is just to paint everything white. Yes, <laughs> it's safe and you won't notice it. The good old eggshell. Yeah, but I wanted to. I wanted to. I was like, I spend all my time here. Yeah, and also, you know, we're doing all these Zoom calls. Suddenly, it feels very important that it looks good to Whereas have a before background. It was just a pile of garbage. Now, I I feel like it it has to look good when I'm on screen.
3: Yeah, and it has to be a color that complements your um, skin tone.
2: How did I do in that regard?
3: I think great. I think it brings out your eyes. Oh, oh, oh it brings out my eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was I was thinking as I was driving around Brooklyn yesterday and I was looking in people's windows as you do. You sort of have this ability mm-hmm. to gaze into people's apartments a little bit, uh with if they have nice windows and just see into their life. And I just saw ring lights, ring lights, ring lights, everywhere. ring lights, ring lights. I know.
2: And now it's, now that I'm in this new, so the new room that I'm in is now in the front of the building. So now I'm looking across the street and I can see in the neighboring building, everybody is doing their work. There's one, one lady who's on the phone and pacing all day. There's another guy <laughs> sitting at his desk with a ring light.
3: So I was thinking they should give you a ring light that is also those same like therapy lamps, you know, for seasonal affective that depression. Is a-
2: yeah, that's a very, that's a that's a million dollar idea. A therapeutic therapeutic ring light. Oh, oh, listen to that. Do you hear my neighbor's motorcycle?
3: I do hear your
2: neighbor's motorcycle. That's the downside of this new office.
3: Wow. Well, they drove away.
2: No, I think he's just parking. Sometimes he just parks. Sometimes he uses his motorcycle to save a space for his car. <gasps>
3: That is is so not okay. I mean, brilliant, but not okay. What if now he's
2: driving away? Yeah, bye, neighbor. Okay. Well, Ophira, before you start embarking upon this uh, this new business endeavor and start your billion dollar company, yes, um, why don't we start this fifty (laughs) dollars show?
3: Okay, okay.
2: All right, here we go. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and accent walls, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
3: Thanks, Jonathan. On today's show, two Ask Me Another alums are back for revenge. From the podcast, welcome to Night Vale, our guest announcer, Cecil Baldwin, faces off against his frenemy, Kate Jones, who was on the show as a civilian contestant. And I'll talk to actor Zachary Quinto. He plays Mr. Spock in the new Star Trek films, and he's in the film version of The Boys in the Band on Netflix. But first... We have writer, comedian, and activist, host of the podcast, How to Citizen, Baratunde Thurston, and Zooming in from another continent, his good friend and star of the sitcom, Side" Kieran Deal. So let's play some games. Joining us right now from all over the world, we have Kieran Deal and Baratunde Thurston. Hey. Hi. So I know that you are now living in California, Baratunde. Uh Kieran, I know you were in England. Are you back in America?
4: No, I'm You're still, still in, England. in England. I'm still in England. I'm in a, a 70s time capsule.
3: Lovely. Which is my,
4: yeah, which is my <laughs> grandfather's home. And oh. so it's really got a... Yeah, it's just like, it's really, I'm living in the past.
5: (laughs) I just want to say that when you all ask, like, who do I want to do this show with? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Kieran would be great. I haven't seen her in a while. We both live in LA now. This will be a great (laughs) chance to hang out with like a neighbor friend. And I just found out she's on the other side of an ocean. So it's too late to retract, but I'm feeling a certain type of way about this <laughs> invite.
3: Uh, so wait a second. So you guys met a while ago through stand-up, basically, right? hmm Kieran, you were on a show that was your show, right, Day.
5: I don't know if it was my show. I interpreted it as my show. Okay.
3: <laughs>
4: That's but... a great way to be. It was 100... Oh, this is your show? Look, it it's my show. It was 100% his show.
5: <laughs> but my, my recollection, and it might be an egocentric memory, is that uh, I wanted to do an event, and they're like, we have a whole bunch of other non-white people who want to talk about being non-white. Let's just do it together. Yeah. And uh, and Kieran was, at least my first memory of meeting and seeing her was performing, and I just laughed my ass off. And I was like, oh, this is a very smart person who's going to abandon her nation at some point in the future make me really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: Day too, you know, that is your story of how you met Kieran. But when we asked Kieran how she met you, she also mentioned that like she met you through the show and that you throw amazing cocktail parties. I mean, clearly not right now, but in the past.
5: Yeah, that's really true. Um, I uh, helped create something when I worked for The Onion called Whiskey Friday. And it was an intra-office thing an excuse to drink hard alcohol in the workplace. And uh, it was glorious. It was a simpler and better time. And actually, I remember a very epic Whiskey Friday. I had moved to L.A. for a year. It didn't work out. Literally, girlfriend dumped me. The show that I moved there to host not only was canceled, the whole network folded. That's Perfect. how like terrible. It was the <laughs> oh, most no. L.A. story. Like They canceled <laughs> the possibility of all shows. Well, <laughs> at
3: least that's when you know it really was not you.
5: That's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So um, I threw a party to say, like, farewell, L.A. And I think this is the one that Kieran was at. I almost remember we, like, borrowed someone's house in Beverly Hills to throw this huge cocktail party. I made sure to hire Black people. I was like, I'm going to hire this Black catering company to, like, bartend because we're rolling deep into Beverly Hills with, like, mad people of color. And we just had music and drinks and and hors d'oeuvres. And it was, uh, it was pretty epic. So um, I think um, Kieran maybe interpreted that as all my what cocktail parties. all the
3: time. That's
4: the best. <laughs> Guys, Baratunde's really underselling how cool he is. He's very cool. All of his parties are that cool. I love the way he's like, I failed epically, and then I celebrated. I mean, that's cool. That Even is cool. Even in failure, <laughs> cool. you can celebrate big. I think you're killing the game.
3: Okay, so Baratunde. Kieran, we have a couple fun games for you. Awesome. Your first game is an audio quiz called Eat My Words. I'll play you a clip of a celebrity chef. You tell me who it is.
4: Baratunde, did you study?
5: Uh, No, I mean, I ate food. That's all you Uh, need. Yeah,
4: that counts. (laughs) Okay, Baratunde, here's your first
3: one. Bam! Just like that!
5: Okay, I I heard a a male uh, Uh say... Wham or bam, just like that. Yes. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. (laughs) My mother was really into Food Network for a period of her life. She died back in 2005. But prior to that, I would visit her a lot in her apartment in Fall River, Massachusetts. And she was into everybody on that network, but none more than (laughs) a Portuguese man named Emeril Lagasse. And that dude, bam, that's Emerald Lagasse.
3: That's right, of course. I, <laughs> wow. Personal connection, personal connection. Do you know why he said that?
5: Not at all. It never occurred to me to ask. Okay, <laughs> so. yeah,
3: right. It, <laughs> yeah, Emerald taped eight shows a day, and he started yelling, bam, as a way to keep his crew awake.
5: Well, that's not fun anymore. It sounds abusive. I know! Oh, uh, I
3: was like so. I emerald, really, is you know what I'm gonna ch- do?
5: I'm gonna forget what you just told me. Yeah, uh, because I don't like it.
4: Okay, and that sounds I'm very remember, American.
5: I'm gonna remember the emerald that my mother loved. So we're gonna stick with that story. She'll Thank you very right much.
4: There. <laughs> yeah, fake news, Ophira. Fake news. Fake
5: news. All right,
2: Karen. Here is one for you. This former co-host of The Chew was a popular contestant on Top Chef. Hootie hoo.
4: I am the opposite of Baratunde. I didn't grow up with the Food Network. We did a lot of Denny's, a lot of Pizza Hut. There may be two or three chicken tikka masala pizzas sitting in my fridge right now, but there's no guarantee that that's the truth. (laughs) She's saying hooty hoo. Hooty hoo. Yep. Hooty hoo. Okay, so the only person I really know from Top Chef is uh, Padma Lakshmi because of her love of spicy food and the fact that she's Indian uh, like me. Uh, So I'm just gonna guess the name of another woman Uh, Paula Dean. That's that's it. That's all I got. I'm really sorry. I go to Denny's. I'm really sorry. I'm gonna give you a
2: point because Paula Dean is, in fact, a woman, so we're gonna give you a point. And it is a name. And it is a name. But what we were looking for was Carla Hall.
3: Yeah, and that's sort of her catchphrase. It started as a way that if her and her husband were like lost in a public setting, you know, one says hootie and the other says who to find each oh, other. Oh, that's cute. I know. That's Aww. really cute. I know. When yeah. my husband and I, I just leave. <laughs> 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 All right, fair This celebrity wrote several cookbooks and famously dismisses Top Chef contestants with this phrase.
5: Autumn. Please pack your knives and go. Um it was a very sultry voice. I know. It was dismissive but inviting at the same time. Exactly. Like, I think I do want to go. Wherever <laughs> you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, but I have no idea who that is. <laughs> no, you <laughs> so,
4: do, you do,
3: bartender. you do. Yeah, it was oh, she I, was just mentioned.
5: Oh, Padma Lakshmi.
3: That's right. Well done. I like this setup where now, Kieran, it seems that you actually are living in the future. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Anticipating the
5: next one. (laughs)
2: All right, this is the last one. It is for you, Kieran.
4: Bon appétit. Okay. This woman sounds kind of French, but I'm going to go with, a. is this maybe Julia, is it maybe Julia Stiles? Because wasn't she supposed to be French and then she was in that movie with the other lady? This is really going badly. <laughs> it,
2: was not, it was not Julia Stiles.
4: Right. But very close. Julia Stiles is that teenage lady, isn't she? Juni- Julia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I can see her. She's got an apron. She loves butter. It's uh-huh. Julia's. It almost rhymes. Yes.
2: It almost rhymes with Styles.
4: <gasps> Child!
2: That's right.
5: There Julia you go. Julia
4: Child, that was, that was such a great help. Oh, yeah.
5: Well, you were great to say Julia Styles because awesome. that snapped me back to, like, Save the Last Dance <laughs> and the fact <laughs> that you called her that teenage woman <laughs> just trapped her in that character.
4: <laughs> she doesn't age. She, she lives there forever in my heart.
3: More with Baratunde and Kieran after the break. And after that, we'll play games with Welcome to Night Fails, Cecil Baldwin. And after that, I'll talk to actor Zachary Quinto. As Mr. Spock would say, tuning out would be highly illogical. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: News is a public service. That's why NPR never puts a paywall in front of our journalism. NPR.org, our free website, promises to stay that way so that you get all of it. Breaking news, pop culture, award-winning journalism, wherever you are. To stay connected, head to NPR.org.
5: Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today.
0: Hey, it's Aisha Roscoe from NPR's Up First podcast. I'm one of thousands of NPR network voices coming to you from over 200 local newsrooms across the country. We bring all Americans closer together through free and independent journalism, music, politics, culture, and so much more. The NPR network, what you hear changes everything. Learn more at npr.org network.
2: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and fall foliage. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
3: Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with writer, comedian, and activist Baratunde Thurston, who hosts the podcast How to Citizen. And joining us from London, England, is actor Kieran Deal. Okay, Kieran, before the break, we played a game about famous chefs, and you said that you only go to Denny's. So,
4: are you familiar with the Denny's Grand Slam? You know, what's so funny that you ask this is that it's my dad's birthday today. And one year, my mother was like, "I'm going to take you to dinner and a movie. It's your birthday." And you know what he chose to do? He chose to watch Eat, Pray, Love, and and <laughs> he went to Denny's. And he went to Denny's, and he was so happy getting his grand slam and Aww. it's free on your birthday. That's so right. Like, you know,
2: that's very sweet. It's somehow a very dad move too, is to choose as your birthday present getting a free a free. <laughs> oh, <that's>
4: so <laughs>
3: excited! Breakfast at Denny's. What a value. Oh. Uh, I remember, it, you know, we thought we were so smart in college and to be like, well, let's go to Denny's and lie about our birthdays. And then they were like, can I see your ID? And we're like, oh, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Psych, just checking, just checking, you guys, just checking. Okay, so we have another, are you, are you both ready for another game? Yes. Yes. Great. So this game is about historic scientific theories that were eventually debunked. Okay. So, Kieran, this one is for you. Belief in these creatures was mentioned as early as 5,000 B.C. in Sumerian texts, and ancient Romans also thought that they were the cause of their mouth problems. Which creatures am I talking about? A. Toothworms, B. Jaw
4: beetles, or C. Tongue termites? I like the sound of the first one, a tooth worm, because it sounds similar to what tooth decay is today. And it feels logical to me that if I didn't know how decay existed, I'd be like, there's something in there, buddy. And I would think it was a worm.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was believed mm-hmm. that dental cavities were caused by tiny worms living in your teeth and eating away at them from the inside. Karen, that was some
4: cold, clear,
2: logical I really I really appreciated the way you answered that
5: question. That was yeah, good Thank you so much. Thinking. I'm
4: a great I'm a great pseudoscientist. This is an area <laughs> of expertise. I'm a Denny's eating pseudoscientist.
5: <laughs> I imagine Kieran you working that out on like In your room, you have a big glass whiteboard, and you just like draw like a beautiful mind scene while you're listening
2: to jazz, and
5: yeah, like a montage of like connections and inference. As I'm just
4: eating a grand slam, shoveling it into my face. (laughs)
5: That's right. (laughs)
2: All right, Baratunde, Here is one for you. Edmund Halley of Halley's Comet fame, and President John Quincy Adams both believed in which of these theories? A There is a kingdom of Atlantis. B, the Earth is hollow. C, werewolves are real and want to play high school basketball.
5: It's not the basketball one. They didn't invent basketball back in John Custy Adams' day. That's true. So I'm going to dismiss that. More
2: excellent logic.
5: I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a hollow Earth versus a kingdom of Atlantis. Right. I think the word kingdom was really big back Mm -hmm. in in those days. That's my attempt to Kieran this.
3: To Kieran this You kieran it, you
2: Kieran'd it. Uh, That is a fine guess, and I could have gone either way with this myself, but the the actual answer is the hollow earth. They both believed in hollow earth. I should have gone with
5: werewolves. This is... (laughs) John
2: John Quincy Adams even authorized an expedition to the center of the earth to try and commune with the mole people who were presumably living there.
4: All right, Kieran, I'm still here.
3: I'm glad you're here. H.G. <laughs> Wells's book, The War of the Worlds, was influenced by what misguided theory? A. Saturn's ring jumped over from Uranus. B. Intelligent life forms built canals on Mars. Or C. Our solar system actually has two suns.
4: Okay. So I think H.G. Wells wrote the book War of the Worlds, and there's a lot of Robots in that book, you know, whatever they're like shooting guns, and it's very like pew pew pew, and it's dope. And then that's on Mars, <laughs> that's on Mars. So I'm gonna go with B. Yes,
5: the beautiful mind strikes again.
3: It yeah. was <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> <laughs> really
2: good. All right, Baratunde Henry Hudson, who lent his Ooh. name to the Hudson River, believed in which theory about another body of water? A there is a warm sea between the North Pole and Greenland, two very cold places, or B, you can get anywhere on the Amazon River in two days or less with a Prime subscription, (laughs) or C, Lake Superior actually sucks.
6: (laughs) Uh,
5: (laughs) To have a a judgment about a beautiful body of water like Lake Superior is just beyond. Even Henry Hudson. Agreed. A colonist... Of ill repute right. in certain versions of history. Uh, and, and to believe uh, in Jeff Bezos is wise because he will own all the world shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even Henry Hudson didn't have that level of foresight. So I'm going to go with the the first one, the warm body of water in, involving Greenland or something.
2: Yes, you are correct. The open polar
5: sea theory. That is the answer. You have kieran your way to a correct
2: response.
5: <sighs> That's all I wanted in this in this game was to live up to Kieran's brain. You did and it. So thank you for this opportunity. I'm slow
4: clapping for you. I'm slow clapping. Yes, I just wanted to make you
5: proud, Kieran. Uh, Maybe she'll come back to America now.
4: <laughs> I love a slow
3: clap I love it's even it's more <laughs> condescending when it comes from England <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. unintentionally
4: unintentionally uh,
3: that was so much fun thank you so much so nice to play with you both thank you Baratunde Thurston and thank you Kieran Deal thank
5: Thanks, you Ophira guys. thank you Jonathan thank you Kieran thank you Ronald <laughs> okay.
3: next two guests met each other years ago when they were cast in the renowned theater group The Neo-Futurists. Cecil Baldwin is the voice of the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, and has previously appeared as a guest announcer on this very show. Kate Jones is joining us from Switzerland and has previously appeared as a contestant on this very show. Cecil, Kate, hey, welcome back to Ask Me Another. Hi, hello. Hello.
7: Hi! Hi!
3: So, Cecil Baldwin has been on the other side of this particular situation, where you have been the one to have all the answers.
7: Yep. Yeah. How
3: does it feel? How does it feel?
7: I. My heart is beating out of my chest. <laughs> 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 this is this is very nerve-wracking, I must say.
3: Well, why did you agree to it? I don't know. <laughs>
8: I don't know. It was a mistake. <laughs> I don't know.
3: So Cecil sort of has a I was gonna say Cecil has a bit of an advantage because he's on been on both sides of the show as of right now. But Kate, you were a contestant, like applied, showed up at a live show put yourself under the spotlight not even knowing what would be thrown at you before
9: yeah and i told i told no one i was going on the show and it went so badly that i never told anyone afterwards oh it, no <laughs> really I, there was an there was an element that i didn't know and it just it deflated me, and it was. I went home just filled with shame. This is going to be an
3: entirely different experience. This is going to lift you up. You're going to play this at your birthday parties going forward. So yeah. get ready even, to
2: feel some pride, both of you. Get ready. Yes.
3: Get ready yeah. to, to get ready to win. <laughs> okay, get ready to win. So we know that you're frenemies, uh, but you're going to work together on yeah. this first game. Okay. So this is called eBooks. You're going to add the letter E to book titles to create a new title that changes the plot.
2: For example, if I say, This Dr. Seuss book teaches children how to read by encouraging them to use Francis or John Paul as a trampoline, you would say, Hop on Pope, adding an E to Hop on Pop.
3: Okay, here's your first one. In Mario Puzo's classic Italian-American novel, when Don Corleone says... I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. What he's offering is bird plumage.
7: Okay, so it's the Godfather. Fe- the Godfeather? Feather. The Godfeather. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. Starting strong. Starting okay. Startin strong. Starting yeah. strong. Yeah. All
2: right, here's another one Virginia Woolf's classic feminist treatise asserts that every woman deserves a space in her home to stash actor Wilson, who played Hansel in Zoolander.
9: Oh, I got it.
7: It's not to the lighthouse, is it?
9: No. I think it's a room of one's Owen.
7: Yeah, that's that right. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah.
9: Yeah. Scored nice. that point for Kate. Redemption. <laughs>
3: <laughs> In this book of essays, Roxane Gay tells readers that the only way to support gender equality is by stringing small decorative objects onto necklaces.
7: Okay, but beading. Necklace bead, um, uh, bad. uh, Breaking Bad. (laughs) It's not a book. Um,
3: (laughs) And sort of like the general term for um, women and men who talk about Uh,
7: bad, bad feminist. Bead feminist. There you go. Yes,
9: feminist. Yes.
7: Feminist nice job. Well done. Mm. That was that was hard work. Guess who used context clues to get through the SATs? Right.
2: Here's another one. If you have a gluten allergy, you shouldn't read this well known guide to pregnancy exclusively for bread bakers, which gives new meaning to having a bun in the oven.
7: What to expect when you're. Ex- what do you add the E though? What to expect gluten, when you're expecting. A gluten allergy. What do you, you should expect not when read you're. It with a gluten. Ugh.
9: Wheat. Oh, wheat to expect. Yeah. When wheat. you're expecting. That's yes. correct. Yes. Nice. That's nice. It. <laughs> I'm glad you knew that book because I- Digital high five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bam.
6: <laughs>
9: okay.
3: James Joyce's first novel is a coming of age story about Stephen Dedalus, a boy who roars into puberty when he grows hair on his neck like a lion.
7: Uh James Joyce, James Joyce, Ulysses? No. Um No, the other one. Um uh, oh, the uh, Dub- Dubliners. Dubliners? Du- Dubliners? The other other one. The other one. Dub- <laughs> um Finnegan Finnegan's No, Finnegan's... that's not it. <laughs> Why did he write so many books?
9: Well, it would be something about a man because it becomes Maine.
7: Portrait of an Artist as a Young Maine.
9: Yes. <gasps> oh. <gasps> <shit>. oh.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry
3: that's fine i'm so sorry i i, 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 told,
7: I, I shocked hey, myself with that one that was you a swear what? that was a swear worthy pull for sure
3: <laughs> that was amazing and you got all of them yeah
6: hey. yeah
2: high five. right Kate.
3: yeah high five.
7: High five.
2: uh hey guys there is some uh very noisy construction happening uh i'm gonna go close this window Pardon okay
3: me yeah it's this is like yeah every every day of recording from home is a different thing that you're like, well, I guess this will be part of the show now. Well,
6: yep.
9: <laughs> uh, Kate, you are not in New York. You are in somewhere. Where are you? You tell I'm me. I'm in Lausanne, Switzerland, um, where we have Whoa. laws against noise at this hour. So, What's, What are the laws around noise? Uh, you aren't allowed to make noise. Well, it's really between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. You can't even flush the toilet in your building sometimes. Um, if it's like a noisy system, they have a rule against that. So what is it
3: like to be in a place where everyone agrees to a set of rules? Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, so what do you, I have to ask you about your last experience on Ask Me Another. When you said there was an element you didn't know, what do you mean? What did, what did that mean?
9: I had to answer um, what was missing. Um, from a list of ingredients that are in the penny and I forgot I didn't remember that it's zinc now that it's no longer copper um and I have that has been that will be on my tombstone I'm sure well I can
2: can understand why you feel a lot of shame that is I mean boy
3: how (laughs) embarrassing so no more working together all right and this game is a music parody game with a touch of science Just for you.
9: I don't. is all coming back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's what we've done. We have changed the lyrics of songs sung by Freddie Mercury, which is a chemical element, to be about Mm -hmm. other elements in the periodic table. So all you have to do is name the element. You can name the song. Many, many ways to win.
3: I think we will also just accept... Zinc at all times.
9: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, zinc. zinc
7: Zinc is always the right answer. <laughs> always <Thanks>. be zinking. <laughs>
2: always be
9: zinking. Thank you.
8: <laughs>
2: so the first one is for you, Cecil.
8: Okay. Driving, you see these signs making night skies full of light. It's this gas that makes them bright. Open, or maybe curl girls, girls It might say vacancy while glowing orange red
7: Bohemian Rhapsody Uh and Neon.
8: Yeah, that is correct. Yeah! Well
2: done. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Kate this is for you.
8: K is the symbol, seems strange Just plain won't change. Still, what you get'll be a soft metal, electrolytes in
9: bananas and salmon. Also, prunes. So the um, element is potassium.
2: Certainly is. And
9: the song is We Are the Champions.
2: Yeah, well done.
8: It's on. It's
2: on. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is on.
8: All
2: right, Cecil, here is one for you. Okay.
8: Ooh, for transistors and for microchips. This metalloid is so handy. Can be sandy. And it's part of the name of a place and a show. That's on HBO. Ooh, as in Valley.
7: Okay, um I think the song is You're My Best Friend. Yeah, you got it. And the element is silicon.
2: Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Not
7: silicone, which not apparently silicone. is something very different. Different thing. My my nerdy friends have told me many a time. That's right. Silicon.
2: Okay, Kate, this is the last one it is for you.
8: Buddy have my pepper essential chloride in the mix, Used to put this on everything. Now my blood pressure's high. I gotta try eating a little bit less of this guy. Also, it melts ice in rock
9: form. So uh, the song is We Will Rock You. Mm -hmm. I think it's sodium chloride uh, because it's salt.
2: Uh, yes, well, we were trying multiple. to get you to say just sodium, but you are correct. So we're going to give that to you.
9: Sprinkle <laughs> it on your driveway. <laughs> Definitely it. don't. It's explosive.
2: Yeah, not plain old sodium. If you put plain old sodium oh, on your yeah. driveway, and because uh, sodium interacts yeah. with water?
9: Water. Explosively, yeah. is that right? Yeah. All right. How about that's cumin? Right. Can
3: I put cumin on my driveway? <laughs> sure. Yeah, it Tumor- won't do anything. Turmeric? Yeah. It, it won't fit. do anything. It
2: tastes taste better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, my goodness, that was... Perfect also.
2: Feel that shame draining away. <laughs> that shame is gone.
7: It's covered with a, a yeah, intense you are, feeling you guys, of pride. You
3: guys are champions.
7: Wait, are we champions of the world? Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no.
3: Uh, such a pleasure! It's so nice to reconnect with you and and reconnect with you, Kate, in this format.
7: Redemption. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's
3: been redemption by Ask Me Another. Thank you so much, Cecil Baldwin. Thank you so Thank much, you. Kate Jones. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. Comedian Kate Jones joined us from Switzerland. Cecil Baldwin is the voice of Welcome to Night and hosts Random Horror Podcast Number Nine. Coming up, I'll talk to actor Zachary Quinto about playing Mr. Spock in the new Star Trek movies and starring in the new Netflix movie adaptation of The Boys in the Band. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from
8: NPR. The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place. Your pocket. Download the NPR app today.
4: The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing you local, national, and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download it in your app store today.
8: What's happening on NPR Podcasts? Money. Power. Power. Tacos. White collar crime. Green parts.
0: Black reparations. More of the perspectives that make your world a more vibrant place. NPR Podcasts. More voices,
9: all
4: ears.
0: Find NPR wherever you
9: get your podcasts.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
3: Thanks, Jonathan. Let's welcome our special guest. He's an actor who plays Spock in the Star Trek reboot, and his new film, The Boys in the Band, is available on Netflix now. It's Zachary Quinto. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you?
3: Very good. Thank you.
1: Happy to be here.
3: Uh, So I saw on Instagram that you're a very good banjo player.
1: Oh, thanks. I don't know if I would classify myself as very good, but I certainly love playing.
3: Yeah, how long have you been playing?
1: I've been playing for about seven years.
3: Okay.
1: My brother bought me a banjo for Christmas one year. Um, this was probably 10, 10, 11 years ago. And it handsomely decorated my living room by leaning against the wall <laughs> sure. for well, years, and I instrument. never picked it up. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and I never I never picked it up, and then taught myself for the first few months uh, via you know the internet, and then found a teacher in Los Angeles, and I usually find a teacher wherever I go. Like, if I'm working on location, I look up a local teacher and work with somebody for the time that I'm there. There there it is. You can see it over there in the... Corner.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Mm.
1: <laughs> our, our listening audience can't see it, but...
3: Now, of course, you played Mr. Spock in the Star Trek franchise reboot. Uh, I read that Leonard Nimoy was part of the casting. Did you know that ahead of time?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't think I knew that ahead of time. I don't think I knew it until after I got the role.
3: Okay, he so he had... wasn't in the audition or no, 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 no,
1: like uh, no. My audition process was actually shockingly low-key for such a significant project and such an iconic character. I had one audition with April Webster, the casting director. And based on that, you know, I went on tape. And based on that tape, I had a a 45-minute-long meeting with J.J. Abrams. And we just chatted, and then I got the job. So it was, like, pretty... For me, I was like, wait, what's happening? Shouldn't there be more hoops to jump through here, guys? This is a pretty major decision. Are we all on the same page about making it? I guess they were, though, so it all worked out.
3: Yeah, okay, so when Leonard Newmoy was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me many years ago, he said that he kept a pair of the pointy ears he wore when he played Mr. Spock. Did you also keep the ears?
1: I have a few pairs of ears. Oh. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Like, are we talking yeah. three, five?
1: I think it's probably in the ballpark of a dozen because, you know, we've made three films now and, um, and it was a new pair of ears every day uh, on the movie. That's nice. Fancy. So, you know, it's not like they were going right. to miss them. And <laughs> at the end of the day, they just cut them. They just shredded them and threw them away. It's not like anybody. So I was like, yeah, know, I'm going to keep a couple of those. Six yeah. Years. So now you have like a a special. You have a casual kicking
2: around ears. You have your formal (laughs) ears.
1: Sport ears. You got to have your sport ears. I do have sport ears. (laughs) I have I have ears from a scene in which Spock was bleeding, and so I have a pair of ears that are speckled with green blood. Oh, excellent! Yeah, Yeah. for the peloton. For the peloton.
3: (laughs) Exactly. In 2018, you co-starred in the Broadway revival, The Boys mm. in the Band. And this play revolves around a birthday party, um, a, a group of men who gather for a birthday party. And it was, of course, just so groundbreaking for its portrayal of um, gay male life. Mm. Uh, and now, the play originally debuted in 68, revival 2018. And now it's a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your character... Um, Mark Crowley, that base, that character.
1: Oh, is, is everything okay? Oh there's nothing. There's no need. We're having a very civilized conversation. I appreciate your alertness. You,
2: you know, he's, you mentioned the medium of film, and I think it probably right. probably riled him up. It, right? it jarred
1: him. It jarred him. That Not is my a favorite good medium. He's good,
3: good guard Indeed. dog. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. He is a good guard
1: dog. It's true. Very true. That
3: was amazing. Uh, but but uh, and you play Harold, who is based on the Boys in the Band playwrights Mark Crowley's best friend, right? Yes,
1: it is. It is based on a, a man, a real life man named Howard Jeffrey, who was uh, a very successful choreographer and dancer in New York, uh, and was Mark Crowley's best friend to me. Friend to me. They they were very. They had a very volatile but intimate friendship, and uh, and. Many of the interactions between Michael and Harold in the play and film uh, are, are directly lifted from the relationship between Mart and Howard in real life, which I loved. And I, I, it's not my nature to be so, um, to have such a vitriolic relationship with anybody, um, let alone <laughs> somebody that I love and care about. And so it, it really kind of helped me wrap my mind around how they could be so vile toward one another in one breath and then so uh, unwaveringly. Uh, committed to one another in the next breath.
3: Right, in the original cast of the 1968 production of The Boys in the Band, some of the actors were gay but not all of them. Yeah. In the 2018 production, everyone is an openly gay actor. So, right. how was that for you as an actor?
1: Yeah, the whole experience was more there was it was freer, right? Mm. I mean, um there was a shorthand. I mean, First of all, I went to college with Matt Bomer. I did a movie with Charlie Carver. I played with Brian Hutchison. I've known Jim Parsons and Andrew Reynolds socially for years. Joe Mantello and I have known each other for almost 20 years. So there was a lot of um, Hang with your friends. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of <laughs> pre-existing uh, connectivity. Um, and then it was just... And then, you know... Uh, uh, Tuck and Michael Benjamin Washington, Tuck Watkins, Michael Benjamin Washington, and Robin DeJesus. I had never met before, but it was an immediate. It was like an instant family.
3: And can we just have a moment to speak about your hair in the film? Is <laughs> yeah, that, uh, sure. What that, would you like a, to say? Is that a perm or a wig?
1: <laughs> it's a it's a hard wig. That's it's a hard, hard wig. wig. Yeah. yeah. Great um,
3: sideburns. Your sideburns. Yeah.
1: It was all. There were like there were. Separate sideburn pieces and like a back piece. It was it was an intricate wig, actually. Um, yeah, the, 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 you know, in the play on stage in New York, um, it wasn't as um, intense, I would say. Um, but I, that's another thing I loved about it. Like in New York, I got myself ready every night for the play. I put my own wig on. I had to put, you know, prosthetics on my face and paint my my marks and do my whole, like, that was my responsibility. And it was a huge part of the process of, of me getting ready every night. Um, and of course, you know, when you move to a, a film production, there's a whole team of people who do that for me. And so uh, it's just sort of enhanced the experience. Um,
3: right, like taking with, it up a level kind of.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and same thing with the costumes and everything becomes more about detail when you're mm-hmm. in, in a film, you know. Lou Irick, who's the amazing costume designer, um, you know, when I showed up to my first fitting and she just unfurled these bolts of jewel-toned velvet and was like, which one do we want, you know? And I was like, oh, I guess emerald green, you know? Just like, you know, the, the, the level of uh, of detail to the to the actual period and then the tie clips and the cufflinks and the boots and the glasses and all of it was, uh, was a really fun um, process that allowed me to kind of completely slip into this alter ego, uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Three-piece wig. Three-piece
3: Three piece wig. wig. That's yeah, what I have For say.
1: sure. Three-piece wig.
3: All right. Zachary, are you up for an Ask Me Another Challenge?
1: I am ready for it. Let's do something. What are we going to do?
3: Okay, so you were born and raised in Pittsburgh.
1: I was, yes.
3: Uh, did you have a bit of an accent?
1: Um, I... Did have an accent. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Growing up, like, like I have videos of myself as, like, pre-pubescent, like, before my voice dropped. And I was totally talking like this, you know, like, giving me a Pittsburgh accent, but, like, with the high voice and stuff. It was real cool. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It's a little exaggerated. But it was definitely there, for sure. They, they whipped that out of me at Carnegie Mellon right quick. Oh, really? Yeah. For sure. <laughs>
3: Yes, yeah. yes. I, when I, I moved to New York from Canada, and I remember people just made fun of me so badly that uh-huh. I was like, we're working on this immediately. Yep. Yeah, yep. you <laughs> learn what, what works and what doesn't pretty quickly, right? That's right. All right, so you're from Pittsburgh, and so in this game, every answer okay. is a famous Pittsburgher.
1: Okay.
3: And uh-huh. a word or phrase that ends with pit. Okay,
2: okay. so for example, if yes. I said... This Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright is famous for his Pittsburgh cycle, Mm -hmm. and he loved George's state fruit. You would answer, Peach Pittsburgher August Wilson. (laughs) Okay.
3: All right, so here's your first one. This Singing in the Rain actor got his start on Broadway, singing and dancing to music played in an area in front of the stage where the musicians sit.
1: The Orchestra Pittsburgher Gene Kelly.
3: Yes! Yeah. yes. Oh, I'm good at this. Yes.
1: You are good at this. <laughs> right on it. Fantastic.
2: All right, here's another one. This okay. Pittsburgher won an Emmy for Pose. He also hosted the 2020 Oscars Red Carpet,
0: yes,
2: where he did. this <laughs> other actor won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad
1: Pittsburgher, Billy Porter. You got it. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. My, my dear friend Billy Porter. We did a play together. I love Billy deeply.
3: What play did you do together?
1: We did Angels in America together. Oh. At the I Signature know. Theater in 2010, yeah. He played Belize and I played Lewis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. that. Was a magical time.
2: All right, here's another one. This rap star's song, Black and Yellow, is a tribute to his hometown, not a tribute to a burnt ear of corn from the outdoor area where
1: food is grilled. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Um, I know this. I just am blank. Uh, uh, is it, is it uh, barbecue Pittsburgher Wiz Khalifa? Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> it absolutely is. Wow. wow. Great. I'm,
2: so, I'm so impressed. I saw you work on that one. You really yeah. worked, worked all on the that. way
3: through
1: it. It was great. <laughs> Very exciting.
3: Alright, here's your next one. This one is not easy.
1: Okay, Okay. thank you.
3: This, <laughs> <laughs> this poet, art collector, and author of Tender Buttons was friends with Picasso, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Ernest Hemingway. Had they been around in the 1980s, you'd see them at a punk rock concert dancing in the section where fans intentionally slam into each other. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Mosh Pittsburgher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mosh Pittsburgher. What's the, What's the, say it again, the poet, poet art, art collector.
3: And author of Tender Buttons. Oof,
1: yeah, this is a tough one.
3: I'm trying, let me think. What's a, um, I don't know if this helps you just geographically, but she was, she was born near the current location of the Pittsburgh Children's Museum. I'm sure there is a plaque <laughs> there.
1: Thank you so much. She That's only lived it. there
3: for six months, so I'm not sure how fair this question is, to be honest. Yeah.
1: That's tough. Um...
3: I'm going to give you a really specific hint. At okay. my at my college, the cafe that we had was named after her. Uh, a nickname. It was called Gertie's.
1: Oh, okay. So, Mosh Pittsburgher Gertrude Stein. Yes. Wow. Yes.
3: Yes. I didn't know Gertrude yes. Stein
1: was from Pittsburgh.
3: Well, oh. I guess yeah, she, she, was, she was for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a plaque there. There is a plaque there. Great,
2: fantastic. <laughs> I'll look it up next time I'm home. To- totally counts. <laughs>
6: All
2: right. This influential choreographer of *Frontier* crafted a signature modern dance technique that is taught around the world. Her technique is based on the opposition between contraction and release. And also a useful skill for fighting your way out of a room full of colorful plastic spheres.
8: Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh,
1: fighting your way out of a room with colorful plastic spheres. It's uh-huh. mostly mostly for children. Ball pits. It's where you, it's where you dump your ball, children. Ball yes, that's right. Martha Graham.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly right. Wow, wow, you are okay. very good at this. You're very to say good at this. These are really yeah.
1: I'm so glad I'm good at it. That makes me happy. (laughs) My my internal competitor is pleased.
3: (laughs) Okay, your very last question.
1: Okay, let's do it.
3: This (laughs) beloved children's TV
1: host was Mm -hmm.
3: also a Presbyterian minister. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be surprising to see him standing behind this church lectern
1: a pull Burger, fred rogers
3: that is correct
1: yeah clean yep. sweep look at that almost gertrude stein hung me up but then we got it in the end
3: yeah it's all great you you did amazing Good. Thanks. Thank you so much. It was was a a
1: pleasure.
3: Such an honor, too, to uh, meet you in any form. So thank you so much. Great to meet you.
1: Thanks for having me. Stay safe and well. And uh, (laughs) hopefully next time we can do this in person.
3: That'd be great. Be
1: well, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All
3: right. So before we wrap things up for the day, we have time for one quick round of Fact Bag. Here's a question. Jonathan and I will try to figure this out. Jonathan, on yes. October 29th, 1969, a UCLA professor and his students sent the first ever electronic message via computer to a programmer at the Stanford Research Institute. What was that fateful first message?
2: But this is the first electronic yes. message. So, you know, the question is, did they think about it? Did they realize what a momentous occasion it was? And did they some sort of stentorian, you know, some some important phrase, or was it just like, hi, let me know if you get this?
3: Or was it that thing like, I don't know if you do this, but if I want to test a printer, I write like, how's it going? And I just send it to all kinds of different printers to see where it prints out. Like, maybe they say... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you just print to all printers?
3: Yeah, like if I'm in an office, someone says, yeah, you can use the printer. And then I don't know which one and I don't know where they are. So I'll just send a, like print a- Print to all. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, did they know that that was going to be the first message? Or was yeah. it like, it works, send the message? It
2: was the cat, It was the cat walking on a keyboard. <laughs> It's just garbled text. Okay,
3: so let's see. This is uh, 1969, and we're in UCLA, so just get yourself in that brain frame. Right. It's October 29th, two days before Halloween.
2: Right, Halloween in 69 at (laughs) UCLA.
3: Right, so maybe it's just boo. (laughs) Boo.
2: (laughs) Groovy, man. (laughs)
3: Exactly.
2: Uh, Maybe it was... uh,
3: but new... they're but they're computer programmers, so then get that in your
2: head, right? Uh, <laughs> new communications text protocol. Who this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the the classic uh, computer programmer thing. The first thing you do when you're learning a language is you make a you make a program that says hello world. That's right. So maybe it was that hello world.
3: I like I like hello world, and my alternate would be boo.
2: Boo. <laughs> I, I hope it's boo. <laughs>
3: okay. Right, let's okay, let's find out. Oh, it's low as an L O. Sounds like it got sent before that person finished. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Hello, <laughs> sent. Yeah, it was just laugh out. Uh <laughs> Just laugh out.
2: Laugh okay. out. Well, that's what they said in the '60s. Laugh out,
3: man. <laughs> laugh out, dude. <laughs> They would not have said dude. Okay, so yes, the message was supposed to be login, Uh but the system crashed after the letter O. (laughs) The full word went through an hour later. (laughs) Well, that was Fact Bag, and that's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
2: Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon
3: our puzzles were written by our staff along with Kate Villa Kara Weinberger and senior writers Eric Feinstein and Karen Lurie with additional material by Emily Winter Ask Me and others produced by Travis Larchuk Nancy Say Chow James Barber Rimmel Wood and our intern Sam Yellowhorse Kessler our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal and our bosses, bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman thanks to our production partner WNYC I'm her ripe begonias Ophira Eisenberg and this was. next time on ask me another rupaul's drag race alum dj shangela pierce talks about hiding in a box on drag race
8: rupaul's gonna say a keyword he's gonna say "redunculous." when you hear "redunculous," <laughs> you jump out of the box right <laughs> so Always. i'm like okay well girl it was hot in that box uh, <laughs> and i swear i waited probably 20 <laughs> minutes for "redunculous." So join me on NPR's
3: Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.
4: Big news stories don't always break on your schedule. But with the NPR app, news, culture and podcasts are ready when you want them in your pocket. Download the NPR app today.
9: What's happening on NPR Podcasts? More neighborhoods and more perspectives. The more of the world that you hear, the more you hear the world as it really is. NPR Podcasts. More voices. All ears. Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts.